Hi, everyone. Welcome back to For the Love of Reality, the podcast that recaps all the latest episodes of The Challenge. So I did promise this morning that I would be putting out another episode in the afternoon, and this is going to be based on the third episode of All Stars. This season has really delivered a lot, in my opinion. I wasn't sure if it would be that good, just based on the fact that it's on Paramount+, Plus, so it's not on like an actual TV channel, and we're getting people who we haven't really seen in a long time, but I think that the spinoff is just blowing the normal show out of the water. We're getting really good drama, really good challenges, and people who were there to have a good time. Obviously, the money is an incentive because one winner gets $500,000, but it seems like they're there for more than the money. They want to prove themselves as competitors, and I'm really enjoying watching this season. I'm so sad that it's only going to be nine episodes, and we're already a third of the way through. But I know that it's just going to get better from here, and I can't wait to keep watching. Last week, there was a lot of drama that went down. Trishel, who was best friends with Katie for several years, had a falling out with her after some issues that arose from the nomination ceremony. Katie did not immediately tell Trishel who she would be competing against, and Trishel was hurt by that, which caused a little bit of an argument. Kendall went in and defeated Trishel, and I've heard a lot of rumors that Trishel and Katie are still not on good terms, even though Trishel talks to Katie's family a lot. So it's unfortunate that their friendship is possibly over. But people grow apart all the time, and hopefully they can kind of move past that and become friends again. Kendall, the winner of the last elimination, goes back to the house and is not really embraced by a lot of people besides for Mark and the Letarian, which if you remember, he won the first elimination against Ace, so of course he's going to be happy for a fellow winner. But I'm kind of surprised by this Kendall hate. I think a lot of people wanted to see her prove herself after the last challenge where she made a mistake and people were upset by that, but it just seems like a lot of people don't really have faith in her. Granted, she doesn't really have a lot of relationships with people, but I think some of them are just finding any reason to hate on her, which I don't really understand. Hisela compares her to a Komodo dragon, and she feels like she's going to play a selfish game. She might not immediately or directly try to sabotage someone, but she's going to play the game that's best for her, which... Honestly, I think you should expect that. It's a game for $500,000, so of course you're going to play your own game. And Kendall is not really there for the money. That's not her main motivation. But since she's been gone for so long, she wants to be able to prove herself as a competitor. So I'm rooting for Kendall, even if nobody else is. I really like seeing her. I haven't actually seen her original season, but I've heard a lot of good things about her. And she just seems like a really nice woman. And I think that she could win the whole thing. She has so many people scared, so I wouldn't be surprised if she keeps going into elimination. But I really think that she could do well. So I'm excited to see how far she gets this season. The next scene shows Jemmy and Nehemiah talking in one of their bedrooms about politics and alliances. Nehemiah mentions that he wants to be able to play a strong political game because he doesn't feel like his athleticism will get him that far. He says that he wants to learn from Jemmy, and she seems pretty receptive about that. I am kind of interested to see them possibly become an alliance, but they both want to win, and they both want to compete. 
Jemmy was retired before this season. She retired after season 32, but she said that she's coming back because she wants to run a final. And she wants to work with Nehemiah, so it'll be interesting to see if they're able to get each other there. I think that they seem like they're a pretty good group, and they could even be like a romantic partnership, but we never know until it actually happens. It would be kind of weird, but it wouldn't be unexpected, especially someone like Jemmy. The next morning, Cyrus and Beth, who were like best friends forever, they are bonding over nicknames. So there's Ruthie, who's Roof on Fire, Kendall, who's Kendall, and Beth has a funny nickname too, which I can't quite remember, but that's another relationship that I really like to see blossom. Beth and Cyrus have been friends since who knows how long. They were friends before the Gauntlet 2, which was however many years ago. So it's cool to see them be able to realign and just pick up where things left off. I think that they could get pretty far. They're both OGs of the show. They might definitely be threats, mostly because Beth is always a threat due to her personal gameplay, but I think Cyrus could help her get far too. I'm usually not such a big fan of Beth, but I like seeing her this season because it's been a while, and I think that she might have grown up a little bit, and I know that she wants to be here for good reasons. So it's not like she's just here to cause drama or to start trouble all the time. She really has grown up a lot. She's a mom, and I would like to see her get far. She's also really good friends with Jemmy, which, again, is kind of a weird partnership, but she compares Jemmy to, like, her daughter. So I think Beth is going to be pretty set throughout, like, the remainder of the season. Throughout the season, we've started to notice a lot of new partnerships and alliances being formed, but one person who doesn't really have any alliances is Ruthie. Of course, she's close to Tech because they did Real World Hawaii together, but other than that, she doesn't really have a lot of people she's close to. Ruthie wants to lead the charge and get revenge against certain girls in the house, most notably Anissa. They did the duel two together, and Anissa led the charge to get her out of the game. And I think Ruthie is still reeling from that. She's also noticed that with the alliances in the house, she's not going to have a filter and she's going to speak her mind. And that's the thing about Ruthie. She might be small in stature, but she has a voice and she's not afraid to make it heard. A lot of people have mentioned that and I have found out that it is so true. I mean, she's not just going to sit there and let people walk all over her. She will speak up if she needs to. And that's something I appreciate about Ruthie. The only issue is, I think that might rub some people the wrong way. The thing with her is that I don't think she really cares about rubbing people the wrong way. I think she cares more about her pride and being right and speaking her mind more than she does getting far in the game. I like Ruthie, but it might be kind of worth it to tune that down a little bit and just try to form real relationships with people. Because if you're making them feel like they're targeted all the time, they might not want to work with you. This episode's daily challenge is a repeat from Battle of the Sexes 2. It is called Melt Away. The competitors will be split into five teams of four. There will be two shields with two challenge names submerged in a block of ice, and there will be a board with eight challenge names. The teams have to melt the ice to retrieve the two shields and place them in chronological order on the board. The five teams are Copper, which has Big Easy, Hisela, Nehemiah, and Katie. Gold, which has Mark, Alton, Beth, and Jemmy. Black, that has John A. and Issa. 
Derek, and Latarian. Silver with Cyrus, Darrell, Kellyanne, and Kendall. And gray with Ruthie, Tech, Arissa, and Yes. The teams have to select captains. The male captain who wins will be safe from elimination, and the female captain who wins will get the lifesaver. There's automatically a lot of different strategies going into it. Kellyanne's team decides that they're going to try to melt down one singular part of the ice at once, so that way it might melt the rest with it, and they don't really have to waste a lot of energy trying to melt the entire block. People are spitting, peeing, humping, and it's kind of an uncomfortable challenge to watch if you're like watching with your little 13-year-old kids. But granted, you kind of have to do that stuff to melt the ice. It's not going to melt by itself, and these people are competing for $500,000. There's really no rules to this challenge at all. It's kind of hilarious. The only rule is that if you break a shield, your team gets a five-minute penalty which I think is kind of weird, but I think that TJ was just looking to add a rule in there because really a broken shield is not going to change the outcome at all. But if you finish first and you break a shield, you might not end up winning. So I guess if you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel for rules, that's kind of the way to go. Nehemiah's team, he's on the copper team. They're not doing very well, and he starts to get very nervous because he is the male captain for his team. And if his team loses, he will automatically go into elimination. So he is hoping and praying that they're going to be able to figure this out. First, anything basically except for last. Arissa decides to pray to the gods and visualize the sun breaking through, which seems like a kind of interesting strategy because we all know that she likes to pray and meditate and do things of that nature. It plays if God was one of us in the background, and it's kind of a hilarious scene. Tech catches her in the act, and he says, hey, you know, that's great, but you should have done that before the daily started because it's not really going to help now. You need to be here helping us melt the ice. But hey, if it works out for her, that's great. It's just that if the sun comes out, it's going to kind of help everybody else. So I think she needs to come up with a little bit of a different strategy there. About halfway through the challenge or so, TJ takes a timeout and he gives each team a hammer to break the ice a little bit quicker. So this is going to help them a lot. However, they still can't break the shield, so they're going to have to be really careful. Nehemiah says that they're like Picasso trying to chip the ice off in a way that doesn't chip the shield but is still able to free it with this a lot of teams get their momentum really quickly gray silver and gold get all of their shields incredibly quickly it turns out that gold actually has a couple broken shields so now they're going to get a 10 minute penalty but it still might be okay for them because Jemmy says that she has a lot of expertise in naming challenges in consecutive order. She says that she can name seasons 1 through 36 in her sleep, which I think is really cool. I mean, a lot of people can do the same, but we're not really competing on the challenge, so we're just kind of spectating. Gold finishes first, which is great. Thank you to Jemmy. But they still have their penalty, so we don't know if they're going to end up winning or not. After that, silver finishes, gray finishes, and then black. Um, copper ends up being last. They had the most checks out of everybody, but they still ended up coming in last because Katie and Big Easy were arguing about 
season seven versus season eight. Big Easy thought that the first gauntlet was after the first Inferno, which is actually false. And Katie says, well, I was actually on both of those seasons, so I would know. But I don't know if she told him that. So it's just kind of an example of people getting really heated and irate in really high-pressure situations. But I felt bad for them. And I'm not trying to say that he was the reason that they lost, but I think that he was trying to make his voice the loudest, and it just didn't really benefit them. So now Nehemiah has to go in and... I mean, he might go home, but he ends up having a little bit of a silver lining because Tech, who was on the gray team, starts talking a lot of shit for almost no reason, and he and Nehemiah get into a fight, and that makes Nehemiah's decision a lot easier because he's going to try to call Tech down. He doesn't really want to because they were friends, they were cool before that, but he feels like Tech was kind of popping off, and it seems like an easy bet for him. So we'll just have to see if it actually ends up working out that way, and we'll find out soon enough who Nehemiah ends up going against. Unfortunately, due to Gold's time penalty, Silver Team ends up getting the win. They did not have any penalties, and they had come in second on the challenge. This means that Darrell is safe from elimination and Kendall gets the lifesaver. We still don't really know anything about the lifesaver. We don't know how the person who is saved is going to be replaced, whether or not the house is going to vote for them, Nehemiah is going to pick the replacement, or Kendall, the lifesaver holder, is going to pick the replacement. So it's all up in the air, and it's definitely going to be interesting to see whether or not she uses it. I think she might get in a little bit over her head because she has shown that she has some social anxiety, which is completely acceptable. I'm not bagging on her for that, but I don't know if it's going to be as clear cut as a lot of us will assume. I think it would be pretty interesting if she ends up using it because I don't really know if she's going to end up angering a lot of people. A lot of people are already kind of upset by her, so I think she really has nothing to lose but it's ultimately her decision whether or not she uses it, and hopefully she can get more information. I do want to see somebody use the Lifesaver at some point during the season, but if not, it's not going to be the worst thing in the world. I think we're going to get great eliminations either way, and the Lifesaver is just going to be an extra cherry on top. The nomination ceremony is pretty brief. Tech knows that Nehemiah wants him to go in, so he goes ahead to volunteer himself. And obviously, the men are very happy about that. Derek congratulates him, says that's how it should be done, which it doesn't necessarily have to be done that way. I mean, it's a noble yet really brave act to put yourself into elimination because you might not end up coming back. But obviously the men are going to be happy because for now they're safe unless the lifesaver is used. And we don't really know what's going to happen with that. Jemmy reveals a little bit later in the episode that she is upset by Tech's decision. She wanted to throw Big Easy in on the basis of her being afraid to be partnered with him. And it just is kind of the same storyline every single season with him. People are afraid to run finals with him. They want to get him out first. And he's really underestimated a lot. And it kind of reminds me of a male Anissa in a way. They obviously both are not the best competitors and maybe don't really do a lot to prove themselves, but they have a lot of heart. And I know for a fact that both of them, if they really wanted to, could attempt to be very good competitors. 
Unfortunately for Big Easy, I don't know if he's going to get off very easily. It seems like a lot of people are approaching Kendall and asking her to use the lifesaver on Tech in hopes that Big Easy will go in. However, since nobody knows how the lifesaver works, it's possible that Big Easy might not even go in at all. It could be someone completely random like Alton or Yes. It might not even be him for sure, so I think that her uncertainty about the game might keep her from using the lifesaver. Also, there's the fact that Nehemiah didn't help her when he had the ability to, so she might decide not to help him. It also seems like it might be a little bit dangerous for her game because she's really good friends with Darrell and he doesn't want her to do anything she might end up regretting. And using the lifesaver might be something that she regrets. So she's really going to have to think about it and hopefully she can get some more information about what the lifesaver entails and make the best decision for her game, but also the most entertaining decision. We've had a lot of entertainment, but as I mentioned before, the lifesaver can really push an elimination over the edge. And I'm hoping that no matter what Kendall decides to do, we get a really good elimination. Back at the house, the rivalry between Anissa and Ruthie kind of comes to a head. Anissa randomly starts saying that Ruthie is paranoid and Ruthie goes out in the backyard and yells at Anissa to go F herself, saying that she hates her and a lot of just really random things that came out of nowhere. Like, this argument was incredibly random to me. I know that they didn't really like each other before, but it just seemed like Anissa was talking a lot of mess, and Ruthie stood up for herself, and Anissa didn't really like that. Ruthie has about had it with Anissa, and this is going to be one of those rivalries that I think is going to transcend the remainder of the season. They don't seem like the type that are going to be able to reconcile with each other. I don't know if Anissa is going to be able to reconcile with anybody who she started beef with this season. She started beef with Kendall randomly on the first episode where she said that she wants to kill Kendall or hurt her really badly. And now she's getting into it with Ruthie. So I don't know if Anissa is expecting respect from people, but she's kind of acting like the bananas or the West of all stars. She thinks that she is entitled to respect, but that's something that you have to earn. That's not something that's just going to be given. And I think with Anissa is that people aren't going to give her respect regardless. But if she tries to form social relationships with people, she might be able to make friends. And it doesn't really benefit her to be talking about people behind their backs. Especially not Ruthie, because Ruthie is not afraid to speak her mind. She's going to speak up if something bothers her. We all know this. I've mentioned it multiple times. So it, this might actually end up being a death sentence for Anissa. And I really hope that their rivalry doesn't just taper off like that. I hope that it either gets really extreme and provides a lot of drama, or maybe they're able to talk about it. But I think the former is more likely to happen. The last portion of the episode is, of course, the elimination. This is now Kendall's time to decide whether or not she's going to use the lifesaver. She tries to get some more information out of TJ, but he is not going to give her any. He says that the only way to find out is if you use it. She decides that she's not going to use it, which I think is ultimately the best decision for her game. Darrell is not going to be upset with her, and a lot of the men are not going to be upset because she didn't put them in danger. Unfortunately, a lot of people think that she was kind of ridiculous in the way that she approached it. She was on a little bit of a power trip, but honestly, I don't think it was really a power trip. 
I think it was just being confused about what the rules were and trying to use your confusion to your advantage, trying to make friends out of the situation. So she did what was best for her game, and it's going to be a good elimination either way. The rules entail that the men must smash their designated tiles. One of them has silver, one of them has copper, and the first one to finish will win the elimination. They are about to start, and TJ stops them. He puts on a glove, sort of like Walter White, and he pulls something out of his pocket. And they are Carolina Reapers, which is the hottest pepper in the world. Tech and Nehemiah have to each consume two of these before they're able to continue. And they have to show an empty mouth, so they can't just hide it between their teeth or hide it behind their tongue. Like, it actually has to be gone. And I've never tried a Carolina Reaper before, but it just sounds it just sounds very painful. And I'm glad I'm not in their position. But I don't think a woman would have to do that, honestly. They're struggling a lot eating these peppers. Their tons are burning, their throats are burning, their eyes are burning, Tech's butthole is burning, which I didn't really need to know. But it just shows me that I'm never going to eat one of those peppers in my life. I don't care how much you pay me, but I'm not doing it. TJ asks how they're feeling after they finish the peppers. Nehemiah's feeling alright, but Tech flips TJ off, which causes him to bust out into hysteric laughter. Which, I don't know why he didn't expect that someone was going to flip him off. That's like torture. Like, I would hate TJ if he made me do that. But obviously, that elimination was not going to be as easy as it looked. Because honestly, punching tiles is not going to be that difficult at all. These men are pretty evenly matched in this elimination. But Nehemiah is able to win basically by the skin of his teeth. Tech tries to jump ahead, but even by jumping, he doesn't make it in time, and he becomes a victim of throwing himself into elimination and losing. He is really upset with himself for doing that, but he's very happy for the experience, he says as he later goes to puke out his guts of Carolina Reaper. Nehemiah gets congratulated as he goes to puke out his guts, but he says he's willing to do anything for that $500,000. And I really appreciate Nehemiah's drive. He's not the type to just give up. Obviously, if I'm not going to eat a Carolina Reaper, I guess I would kind of be the type to give up. But if he's willing to do that, I think that he deserves to have a good chance to win. Just like anybody. Like, you have to be willing to do things that you wouldn't normally do. And it really separates the good competitors from the bad ones. TJ is really proud of Nehemiah for doing so well. And he says that everybody should expect anything to happen, which should kind of be the motto of the season. Expect the unexpected. Anything is possible, especially with those peppers. We didn't think that was going to happen, but the season's only going to get crazier from here. We are officially three episodes into the season, and it is really starting to heat up literally and figuratively. I'm really excited to see what's to come. I think that the drama is not going to end here. The challenges are going to get better. And it's just going to be a really fun season all around. I don't think anybody is going to finish the season thinking that they wanted more. The only thing that I want more out of the season is just more content. Longer episodes. Because 45 minutes aren't really doing it for me. And like you have to think. Do I want really long episodes with not a lot of content? Or do I want shorter episodes with a lot of content? 
but maybe even like an hour or an hour and a half, I think would be sufficient. If they can do an hour and a half for double agents, they can do an hour and a half for all stars because there's going to be plenty of content to go around. But either way, I'm just happy to have this season and I can't wait to see what's going to happen next week. I say this over and over, but I really can't say it enough. I'm really appreciative of all the support I've gotten. I'm almost at 500 plays of this podcast, which is crazy because a year ago, I hadn't even considered a podcast and I never thought that I would be this successful, but the support of everyone has made it all worth it. I really enjoy putting out content for you all. And if it wasn't for like a loyal fan base, I don't know if I would be able to keep doing this, but you guys keep me going and I'm so appreciative of that. I will speak to you all next week for two new recaps of the finale of Double Agents and episode four of All Stars.